Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Profit Fantasy Football Show. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all season long. With your hosts, Calvin Wright and JT Runke. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Profit Fantasy Football Show. I am here today with my co-host JT Runke. We're going to break down the week eight recap let you know what you need to know about week eight if you had booms bust what actually happened this week because it, it got confusing at times did you survive uh any of this i mean there were some massive performances if you went against cd lamb hopkins or aj brown you probably lost did you did you make it out alive this week jt um i did not my injury riddled <laughs> season continues um the bright spot on my team is that I, I have Tyreek Hill, but it's hard to win when Tyreek Hill uh, is the only healthy option on your team. I, I wish he could care. I wish he could carry me, uh, but uh, it's it's hard <laughs> when you have the wide receiver one in fantasy, but everyone else around you is like just dead. So. Well, we got it. There's so much to talk about today. I, I'm sure you're excited to talk about some of these Titans players later on. Um, will Levis proved my whole plan of streaming the Falcons defense wrong. Although I will say, if it had been a little more Malik Willis, it would have been a master plan because he yes. had that one series and I was thinking, yes, I'm a genius. And then Did Levis came in and yeah. things things changed. But uh, we can start things off... Um, Houston, Carolina, goodness, there wasn't a good fantasy performance in this game, really. I mean, Adam Thielen, 15 points, but that's not what you want from Thielen. You want your 35 points from Adam <laughs> Thielen. Are you worried about some of these uh, Houston players uh, or, or maybe Miles Sanders, who had, had two carries? Miles Sanders, yes. Like, that is very frustrating, very concerning. Um, I don't see, like... I, in a couple of my leagues, I've seen people dropping Miles Sanders, and honestly, yeah. I was like, "Good for them!" Like, like I, yeah, um, Miles Sanders, like until like this offensive line figures something out, like I just don't think that this Carolina Panthers are going to have a run game. Um, I think on the Houston Texans side of the ball, it was a, it was a comeback down to earth game here for mm -hmm. CJ Stroud. Really, um, I'm not really worried about guys like Nico Collins per se. Um, Nico Collins, I think, is still a stalwart flex option going forward. However, like 
we have to remember CJ Stroud is a rookie. Like this is going to happen. Um, It's not going to be sunshine and rainbows forever. Um, So this was due to happen, but I do still think that Nico Collins at least has a a consistent role um, and is worthy of a flex option. Damian Pierce just continues a season of disappointment. Um, It's going to be a long season until they can figure out getting that offensive line healthy um, and then Tank Dell is once again a streaming option that is massive boomer bust. Yeah, I, I think Houston. This is exactly what you said to come back to earth. This isn't the Houston offense is bad, but just remember these guys are really young. They're going to be inconsistencies. The main thing that I'm looking at is Singletary does seem to slowly be taking over uh, the backfield. Damian Pierce has not been nearly as efficient as he was last year. Only one touchdown on the ground. Very uninvolved as a pass catcher. And now Singletary is getting more involved. I don't think this <coughs> offense is high-powered enough for for there to be enough points to split between two or three running backs. So uh, you can stash them, but I don't think you're going to be starting any Houston running backs moving forward, if we're being honest. Yeah, not, um, in, not until at least one of the one of the two go down, right? Like, yeah, if one yeah. of them goes down, then there's a very clear way to fantasy relevancy. Yeah, I will say, last week, I streamed because all my quarterbacks have gotten injured. I, I started the season with Anthony Richardson and Justin Fields. Thought I was fine at the quarterback <laughs> position. Um, they all went down. Last week, I started... Sam Howell off the waivers. Uh, disappointed, I lost. Yes. <laughs> so this week, I'm like, okay, I'm done with you, Sam Howell. I'm going to pick up CJ Stroud. And I I did not want to wake up this morning. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that is tough. Uh, this, uh, the Rams-Dallas game, this was a lopsided affair. I mean, 20 to 43, it wasn't even that close, though, if you watched the first half. CD Lamb. Holy smokes, 41 fantasy points. We saw some wide receivers go off this week. We did. We It seemed like offenses figured out how to throw the deep ball again or something. It, it, something seemed to click with some of these offenses in the downfield receivers. Um, obviously, you've been starting C.D. Lamb. He, he's now really um, a, a great option because he's got Philadelphia up next. Who They have been bad against wide receivers they just gave up a good game to Jahan Dotson I mean (laughs) and and it mostly because of their new acquisition and Kevin Byard just not looking very good this week Jahan Dotson is once again fantasy relevant so like CD Lamb if you were patient with him congratulations because I think it's only up from here for him so you know I've been a believer in Jahan Dotson right Mm -hmm. I dropped him this past week um, to make space on my roster. So well, and, you can thank me. You like, can thank me, everyone. I can't blame you because no. uh, something that got lost that I really wanted to talk to you about is how for the past two weeks during practice, he's been holding kicks during field goal drills. And that seemed to be like a new position they found for him. But it's good to see Jahan Dotson finally get out there. I think he could have an increased role. Curtis Samuel goes down with injury. Um, mm-hmm. not to, not to get away from the Rams, uh, Cowboys game, but Curtis Samuel goes down with injury. So Jahan Dotson could look Sunlight to have an increased good. role here. The, the profit approved players are going to have a really strong last five weeks, I think. Uh, and that's when you need <laughs> them, right? That, that's yeah. that the whole plan, you know? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> if you can squeak into the playoffs, um, we got to talk though. There's some players in this game who 
you're getting a little worried about. Um, to name one, it would be Tony Pollard. I think it's it's not been the season that Pollard truthers were were hoping for. When Zeke left this offseason, we all went, okay, Tony Pollard has been statistically one of the best running backs in his limited role. We give him a bigger role, and he keeps being efficient. He's going to be a dominant RB1. Right now, he's sitting at the running back 15, um, and and he's had some nice games, but it's been very inconsistent, and, and his floor seems to be a lot lower than we hoped. I mean, six points this past week, and, and really... What is the move with Tony Pollard? Is this someone where you go, he's he's a great back, he is the the main running back there, we're going to buy low because this is a, a getting better offense? Or is this cause for concern? Is Dowdle had another five carries and two receptions? I think it definitely could be a buy low spot here. Like I, I think this could be the perfect time to get Tony Pollard. It is one of the best offenses in the league, right? Like Tony Pollard mm-hmm. will have his days. It's just that with Mike McCarthy calling the plays, we just really, it's a different expectation for him, right? It's not going to be the the ground and pound um, and give Tony Pollard the, the dump offs like it was with Kellen Moore at the helm. Like now... Yeah. Zeke Elliott is gone, so Tony Pollard kind of has to play both roles, and that's where we see Rico Dowell have some of that role that Tony Pollard had last year. I still think Tony Pollard is a dynamic back, um, and, and when it really counts, like they do give him the rock, and I think he has been productive. But I understand why it's frustrating when you see them put up that many points and for Tony Pollard to have six on the day. like that, That is frustrating, but... Like we like we said with C.D. Lamb, you just have to practice patience because if if you want to ride with him, he will pay off. It's just a it's a waiting game, right? Yeah, and this game is frustrating because you see forty three points scored by Dallas, and you go, "Oh, everyone must have gotten some." No, it was it was C.D. Lamb. Mm -hmm. It was C.D. Lamb that Jake Ferguson got a little bit, but the points were very consolidated to one target this week for Dallas and. It just it's hard to predict Dallas's game scripts. They they seem to either be, you know, an elite offense or just collapse. And that worries me with the running back is when when you can't accurately predict game scripts as easily as some other teams, it gets very frustrating, I think. So the Pollard manager is likely getting frustrated, even though he hasn't been a bust at all. He just hasn't met expectations. A little bit like like B. John Robinson, I'd say. He he hasn't been a total bust, but if someone drafted him with these hopes of him being, you know, a top five running back or something, and now he's 15, that's still a good fantasy asset. But based on where you drafted him, you're disappointed. And that's where I try to try trade low. Don't trade for him with the premise of he's a top five guy. Say he's top 15 and I'm happy with that. But the person who drafted him in the second round isn't happy with that, I think. Yeah. I mean, we can also um, talk about the other side of the ball here and yeah. the huge complications that will come with Matthew Stafford potentially having to miss time mm-hmm. um, for two wide receivers in particular here, Cooper Cup and uh, Puka Nakua combining for, I think, 13 point something, like 13 and change yeah. this week. Another down week for these Rams wide receivers. Um, if Matthew Stafford is going to miss some time, what are you doing about these guys the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. As, as great as they are, Brett Rapian... Ripen, I think is how it's pronounced, is is not going to get them to fantasy relevancy, especially because both have proven to be deserving of targets. You split those targets between Stafford, and I'm still happy with it. You you split it between a backup, and I think that this sort of game, yeah, maybe not as extreme, but this was a game script where they should have they should have done really well. Getting blown out, there should just be a, an abundance of garbage time. I mean, I'm looking at PPR scores, seven and six points. In a game, they lose by 23. That is what scares me. This isn't, okay, Stafford got injured, but they were up big, so they just ran it on the ground. No, this is the best case scenario game script-wise without Stafford, and they couldn't get it done. So you have to keep starting them, but I, I really temper my expectations if Stafford is injured. Um, and that is a that's a big concern. Over the past two years, he has he's gotten banged up a lot. He is very tough. But with Green Bay, a, a bad team and then a bye week, I would I would not be surprised at all if he does not play week nine and they try to get him healthy for Seattle in week eleven. In which case I I'm not excited about any of those wide receivers because I don't think they need to throw a ton to beat Green Bay. Yeah. And these Green Bay games are ugly. They're, they're they're gross. I don't think they need Cup to have 15 receptions to beat Green Bay. So that's where I'm really concerned for them for one week. Now, if they can get them healthy after the bye week, okay, you're fine. And honestly, it's kind of nice that one of the two weeks that Stafford might miss is a bye week where you would you would automatically bench them anyways. I guess that's kind of the silver lining. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it may be time that you could maybe go and get Puka Nakua. I, mm-hmm. I think Cooper Cup is definitely a harder guy to acquire, given that probably the manager who had him waited until the third or fourth round to grab him this season. But Puka Nakua, I think you might be able to not get him at his value right now. You're not going to get him yeah. for free as like a buy low, but like you could maybe figure out a trade here and that is a guy to target this week. Someone in my league has Nakua and Tony Pollard, so I'm going to be sending some offers over as soon as this is done. Um, the next matchup that we've, we've got was that Green Bay-Minnesota game, and we got some really, really unfortunate news uh, near the end of this game, and that is that Minnesota's quarterback, Kirk Cousins, is likely done for the season with what appears to be a, a torn Achilles. Uh, a lot of speculation that he played his last game as a Minnesota Viking. I mean, it's terrible. He got them back into these playoff races and his season is over. What does this mean for the pass catchers who 
have been spectacular uh, without without uh, Justin Jefferson. Addison, Osborne, you've been thrilled with their output. Hawkinson has been great, but what happens now? And can we stream Atlanta's defense another week as they get uh, as they get Jaron Hall next week? I mean, it'll be interesting. Would I be surprised if the Vikings make a move here at the deadline for a quarterback better than Jaron Hall? No. Would I be surprised if they bring in like a? Now this is this is not like something that I know, but I'll just throw it out for an example, like like a Mike Glennon or someone. Do they sign somebody this week to to like maybe try to get them to to, to a playoff spot or something like that? Maybe I like it's a really really unfortunate situation. Kirk Cousins done for the season with that Achilles. Like you said, probably maybe kind of played his last game as a Minnesota Viking. I don't know what the future holds for him as he's getting up there in age. But for fantasy-wise, this more than it hurts um, owners who have Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson and KJ Osborne, this probably really hurts the owners who have Justin Jefferson. Because now yeah. I think we really have to consider them shutting him down for the season mm-hmm. because how important it was that Kirk Cousins stay healthy for them <laughs> to get back into this playoff race. Now, you, your, your options are very limited. You're in a, in a division where it's still winnable, but Detroit has looked very promising and looks to be the best team in that division. Um, you can always sneak into a bottom playoff spot, but is that really worth it in risking your your top like asset that you're going to have to pay a lot of money to this offseason? Like that's I think is what they're talking about in that building right now. And so of course Jordan Addison owners probably have to be concerned with this because Kirk was was having a great connection with him. TJ Hawkinson, I'd be less concerned about because i think tj hawkinson is just like a little he's a little route goblin right and he's a perfect guy (laughs) for like a rookie quarterback um yeah but justin jefferson owners i think have to be the most concerned no if we get to tuesday and they're rolling with jaron hall i think it would be safe to say justin jefferson doesn't play again this year if they roll with jaron hall that's them saying we're we're forfeiting this season on to 2024 yeah, now could um, they could they trade for like I could they trade for a Ryan Tannehill out of that's, Tennessee? That's what I wanted to ask you that because you're the Titans guy. Do you think that the Will Levis, you know, best game ever, uh, best quarterback ever, as we saw? Do you think that Tannehill could be on the move? I I think it's highly unlikely that Ryan Tannehill is on the move because I think this team still wants Ryan Tannehill to be their quarterback <laughs> later in the season. No, uh, It's as frustrating to you as it is frustrating to me and anyone who lives in the greater Nashville, middle Tennessee area. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I think Gosh. Ryan Tannehill, I think everyone stays for the Tennessee Titans. I think Ryan Tannehill stays. I think Derrick Henry stays. I think um, DeAndre Hopkins stays. I would be pretty surprised at this point if anybody gets moved at the trade deadline. But like like you said, if they Ryan Tannehill on the last year of his contract, they have a rookie in Will Levis who looked impressive, although that really seemed like the ceiling of Will Levis for this oh, season yeah. at least. So like that's the best. What is the worst with Will Levis? That's yet to be seen. 
we um, might see this week against Pittsburgh on, yeah. on a short week. Um, but if Minnesota comes with a can't say no offer, like I, I would consider a can't say no offer, like a, a third round pick. Honestly, if you can get yeah. a third round pick for Ryan Tannehill, who still needs like another week to recover or so. Like if they come to you on Monday and be like, we're so desperate to compete this year that we will give you a third round pick for Ryan Tannehill. Um, we'll, we'll go from there. So may, maybe it's just a can't say no situation. I think the other one to consider that has a backdoor shot of working. Carson Wentz, please. Not Carson Wentz. Oh, could Kyler Murray be on the Ooh. move? And could Kyler Murray find his way to Minnesota before Tuesday? He's off the injury report. Yeah. He does not have any injury designation anymore. And uh, John Joshua Gannon said yesterday that Joshua Dobbs will be the starter next week. So I think there is a possibility that Kyler Murray gets dealt here at the deadline because as much potential that he has, I think this Arizona Cardinals franchise is dead set with their eyes on Caleb Williams or Drake May or someone in this next draft class. So could he be on the move? I, I think potentially, yes. Don't get excited if there's a trade fantasy people because they, they won't start likely this week against Atlanta, which would be the nice matchup. They'll fir- Their first start will be likely against the New Orleans Saints, which for a quarterback in a completely new system, is it's going to be a, a tough, a tough matchup to get started. Uh, but then they get Denver, Chicago, Vegas, Cincinnati. So Kirk, uh, um, those quarterbacks are worth probably stashing at this point, Kyler Murray especially. I'd be shocked if Kyler doesn't get dealt. There's no way he just sits on a bench for the remainder of the season fully healthy. It'd be, it'd be a, a waste, um, I think. But... That is the best case scenario for these these pass catchers. Kyler Murray has proven to be able to support fantasy options. Um, but now moving over to this Green Bay side of the ball, yeah, the season's done for them. Correct. I mean, this was a must-win game in my eyes, and they could not get anything going offensively. Jordan Love's decision making once again subpar. The wide receivers sold uh, to yesterday. And then AJ Dillon, why? What does he do? What What is he good at in football? Um, because I'm looking at six carries for 11 yards. And what I, what, that's, I, what um, I will tell you is that AJ Dillon is really good at playing farming simulator after the games on stream. I've caught a couple AJ Dillon streams <laughs> where he plays farming simulator. Those are kind of hype. Um, but no, it's frustrating. Aaron Jones still dealing with that hamstring injury, as we talked about earlier yeah. this week still not 100% healthy, so you have to wonder, is he going to ever have a, a full role once again? I, I, t- tough to say for me personally. However, um, yeah, I, I think that there really isn't a Green Bay option right now that's rosterable and startable. Like, not rosterable. I'd say Aaron Jones is rosterable. Christian Watson is probably rosterable. Startable, though, I think that's a conversation that, that you need to have. Like, I would, I'm not trusting... Aaron Jones right now. I'm not trusting Christian Watson. I'm sure I'm definitely not trusting Jordan love as a streaming option. So it's, it's tough right now for this green Bay team. And I think that they are just kind of in a a season of soul searching. And that's, I, I, I think that if you have Aaron Jones, you should try to trade him for whatever you can because a 28 year old, this hamstring injury 
was a while ago. I mean, what was it? Week, week he, two. He's, it was week one. No, it was at the end of week one that he injured it. And we're now heading into week nine, and he can't get fully involved because of that. He can't practice because of this. 28-year-old running back who relies on speed and burst. I mean, I I don't think that he's going to be back this season to 100%. And if there's someone who wants to buy low, do it. Trade him for whatever you can. Even if he comes back he's, if, and he's fully healthy, he's attached to what is one of the worst offenses in the league. I mean, week one when they exploded and we thought, okay, we have the new Aaron Rodgers. That was against Chicago, and that is looking more and more like a fluke. But it's important to say, in that game, he still only had nine carries. He wasn't a workhorse. He he got a, a big reception for a touchdown at the end of the game, but he his his workload this whole season in the game where he was healthy and now in the game where he's injured, it was a very similar workload. He just was explosive enough because he wasn't hampered by an injury. Yeah. So I I I don't think you can trust him again this season. And I don't think you can trust him next year when he's 29, might be on a new team. I, I think that, unfortunately, we've seen the last of Aaron Jones being a, a fantasy football, you know, running back one or even two. I think that those days are, are sadly behind us. And we see this with running backs. They're good until they're not. There, there isn't usually this oh, three-year kind of gradient where they go from great to good to okay to bad. That doesn't happen as often as a running back being great, 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 and then just the wheels fall off and they're done. And that, that's what happened with Todd Gurley. It happens fairly frequently. Uh, so I think that's what happened with Aaron Jones. He's old. Hamstring is a killer for old running backs. And I don't think it gets back to where it was ever. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think it's a, it's a tough situation right now for Aaron Jones. Um, yeah, I would tr- I would try to be selling him. Cam Akers and Alexander Madison. It's a gross timeshare and a gross offense. It's tough. Do what you want. Yes. Like <laughs> Cam Akers had a better day than Alexander Madison, but he scored a touchdown on the goal line. Um, which is probably like concerning for Alexander Madison yeah. that he has not scored a rushing touchdown this season. And then Cam Akers is getting the goal line work there. Like, I, I don't know, like very touchdown. Both should dependent. be rostered. Both should be rostered. Neither should be started right now. Yeah, That's... I would agree. New Orleans and Indianapolis, New Orleans, their offense got really back on track. You go, oh, that must mean Chris Olave had a good game. No, Chris Olave had a horrible game, and it was not Derek Carr's fault. Um, <coughs> all the yelling that Derek Carr did last week, he should have been doing this week. Yeah, like, touchdown, bounce off his head. <laughs> and Shahid seems to be the go-to deep threat, uh, someone that I like for next year. I've seen some really great stuff for him, but it's going to be too streaky to trust right now, but where is your concern at with Chris Alave? Because the connection, whether you want to blame Carr, Alave, or both of them, it's been off all year. They have not looked like they have any sort of chemistry downfield. Yeah, and I think that mainly has to do with, like, I just don't really trust uh, Derek Carr right now. Like, Derek Carr had, had, had an okay day, but, like, I still am just, like, not really happy with the quarterback play that is coming out of new Orleans right now. So yeah, it's a tough season for Chris Olave, who we thought was going to take that jump. I think he is right where he was last season with Andy Dalton, 
in um in that wide receiver yeah. two range it's disappointing because we, you, a lot of us um took a swing on him hoping that he would he would be something great but obviously um it, it just did not happen this year chicago coming up that's a really good opportunity but if he doesn't do it that week you you gotta feel you bad wanna, you gotta be concerned yeah you, you might want to move him after that week before the trade deadline try to get something that you can trust a little more or at least has some upside. Um, Alvin Kamara, obviously, since coming back, has just been a fantasy stud. Doesn't look fantastic on the ground, but doesn't matter when Derek Carr is hyper-targeting you and you're scoring. So mm-hmm. the uh, I, I wonder what Alvin Kamara's season would look like if Taysom Hill didn't exist. It's scary <laughs> to think about. But Taysom Hill, this is, this is three straight weeks of... Re- really great tight end production. I mean, 12 points for a tight end in a week six. That's that's about as good as it gets. And then 16, and now 22. Are we staying in the flames with Taysom Hill? He he wasn't used as a receiver, but he was used as a weird quarterback-running back hybrid again. And this offense, they they want to score with him. It's like the coaches have a anytime touchdown Taysom Hill bet going all game. It, they, they had a possession I watched because I was hoping for a Chris Lave touchdown. Taysom Hill ran it down to like the one yard line. They kept trying with him. Then they got pushed back by some penalties. They put Derek Carr in the normal offense back in. The offense got it back down to the two yard line. And in comes Taysom Hill for another, you know, two, three tries from the goal line. This they're they're dedicated to Taysom Hill rushing touchdowns. It's 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 odd. It, but it's happening. And it, it's I, just the way he does it, isn't right? Like that's. Uh, but it's a little more consistent than usual, isn't it? I would, I, I would mean, say three so. straight yeah. weeks is. You, if you picked him up this week and got the twenty-two, are you? Because I, I don't think I am. Are you going to the waivers and looking for another tight end, trying to stream by matchup, or are you just saying I found Taysom Hill and I'm going to play it as long as it lasts? I think you can definitely ride this at least into next week against Chicago because yeah. uh, I think that just screams like a weird fluky matchup like Saints <sighs> versus Chicago. So something is going to happen like that, right? So I think Taysom Hill is kind of finding himself again a role. Nine carries for 63 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns this week. <laughs> One reception for 14 and then he throws a bomb. Like he is a, he is a <laughs> fantasy... Like he is what the utility role in baseball is, if that makes any sense. And like, if you want a utility player on your team to do all three, like Taysom Hill is worth the start, I guess. (laughs) I'm looking at Chicago and the Minnesota without a a quarterback. There could be a a streak here for Taysom Hill. It just, you're going to be holding your breath all game long because he could just as easily score two points. Yes. That's just how he works. But that upside at this point in the season, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Indianapolis, this offense is... I mean, they were able to do quite a bit even without Anthony Richardson. Zach Moss and Taylor both look really, really good. Um, and I, I don't think we're going to see just Zach Moss completely disappear for this from this offense. He's, he's earned a role. Definitely. And... and- as I was talking about earlier this week, why would you start to kick the tread on the, uh, the tires of a running back in Jonathan Taylor, who j- you just gave $40 million to 
when you could just keep riding out Zach Moss and how good and productive he's been this year, especially with Anthony Richardson being out for the rest of the year. This uh, this Indianapolis Colts team is basically done. I don't think that there's really a willingness to compete this year, considering just your future is a lot brighter than the the, the current situation you are in. So. Zach Moss, if you have him, he's a, he. You can start him every week confidently as a flex, all the way up to an RB two. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is probably more in that in that RB two range as well. Like this is going to be a back by committee um, role here in Indianapolis for the rest of the season. Yeah, and Gardner Minshew is just good enough to give the the players around him fantasy relevancy. That he's. He's one of my favorite backup quarterbacks because when a quarterback goes down and Minshew comes in, it never decimates everyone around him. We saw on the uh, Eagles last year, and he's doing it this year. I mean, Pittman continues. This is you know three straight weeks of just really solid production. Josh Downs continues to just be a PPR machine. I I'm a big believer in Josh Downs. He's not getting the hype that a lot of rookies get, but he has been he's been really good. He genuinely has been. And I think that heading into week nine, this is, you know, four straight weeks of just really solid performances against Carolina. I think he's a must start. Yeah, Josh at Downs. At this point, Josh, I think he's earned yeah, it. I, I would agree. Josh Downs was a guy at the combine that was caught my eye the most. He was the most fluid route runner that I saw at the combine. Um, I thought he was a first round talent and he falls to, to the second or third round in the draft here. And, all of a sudden, he he's looking as if he may be one of the top three uh, wide receivers right now in this rookie class. So, um, yeah, I think he is a certified flex start going forward. Yeah, just so consistent. Miami and New England. Mac Jones had some rough interception, uh, a very rough interception. Yes. Uh, Tua had a rough one, but then followed it up with, you know, normal Tua stuff. So. <laughs> Your the main disappointment here is from the running backs everywhere. Uh out of Stevenson, Elliott, Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Ahmed, Mostert's the only one who cracked ten points. And he was at ten point six. So And it was because it was, he scored a touchdown. So Yeah. He without the touchdown, he was at four. This was a rough game for the running back position. Ramondre Stevenson, who we'd been hoping is, you know, oh, he's back. Uh yeah, not this week. Zeke still got seven carries. Stevenson only had three more. What do you do with with the running backs? It's uh, on New England. I mean, Mostert, you're continuing to start. We've seen over the past five years he does this. But Stevenson and Elliott, can you trust either of them? Are you trading them away, trading for them? I think you could make a case to trade away and also trade for (laughs) Ramondre Stevenson. Like, I think that that's like, that's a thing you can do like there's there's upside to be had with both of them right like i mm-hmm. i think that both of them are are they, the cases are the same right um Ramondre stevenson has a tough week but i think that this entire um this entire patriots team really had a rough week juju smith schuster catches his first touchdown though for as a patriot so good job paying him all that money, I guess. Like, <laughs> great, you know? Um, He's now but, the wide receiver in 97. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I think the one uh, bright spot for Ramondre Stevenson is that Kendrick Bourne, Bourne goes down 
they lose another wide receiver, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it was Devontae Parker. I, um, there was there were two of them that went down in this game, which means there's going to be a lot more opportunities for Ramondre Stevenson going forward. Yeah, and that's the path to success for this team is Ramondre Stevenson getting involved as a pass catcher, which if you're in PPR is what you would hope for all along. You got Washington and Indianapolis, and then the Giants. Good, good matchups. I I think that if you want to trade for him, week five was the best week. This would be the second best week. But don't expect top production. Um, for Tyreek Hill, it was it was what he does. Twenty five points again. Um, Jalen Waddle though, that was the really nice one that he finally finally had a. a Big game, you know, 121 yards, a touchdown, got 12 targets. People were a little frustrated with him so far. Uh, he hadn't had an explosive week yet, but he, he capitalized on New England. And I think that you're happy with him. And he's a solid wide receiver, too, going forward with that upside. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's not the wide receiver one we hoped he would be because Tyreek Hill is just too good. But yeah, I think you can feel solid with Jalen Waddle going forward. Now, this next game, oh boy, Jets-Giants. Do we really even have to talk about this game? Like... Brees Hall's good, Saquon is good in a horrible offense, and Garrett Wilson is a beast in a bad offense. Is that it? Yeah, I think we can move on. <laughs> okay. However, oh, and, let's, and... Let's, let's, let's touch on, you texted me something <laughs> yesterday that uh, I think... He's got that dog in him. <laughs> You, the, the words that you texted me were that Zach Wilson can be clutch. And I think I almost did a double take at my phone. I went, what? what? <laughs> like, like, I, but, but we came to the, 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 the agreement that he's clutch in a, in, in a Tim Tebow sense, mm-hmm. I think, right? Like he almost can be considered like the new Tim Tebow, I think clutch for some reason in two minute and overtime <laughs> drills. But besides that looks absolutely not deserving to be on an NFL team. I mean, he took out the Eagles at the last second. Then this one, he he had been so, so bad all day. I mean, I could hardly watch any of this. 24 punts and then in this game. He had, he had two throws that were just like, what? With like 15 seconds and no timeouts, he drove them down the field and set up the field goal. And it was just, where did that come from? It, it's like... Aaron Rodgers is in the stands doing like his voodoo magic the entire game, and it sometimes latches. It reminds me of that Harry Potter scene, like the first Harry Potter book, where uh, Quirrell is like hexing Harry on the broom. That's what it is. Aaron Rodgers is up there, and he only gets a few possessions each game where he can he can put some sort of hex on on Zach Wilson and like insert his quarterback talent to Zach Wilson. <laughs> That's what's going on. Because it's it's just at the very most important point of the game, Zach Wilson looks like a different quarterback, and then they get to overtime and he's he's bad again. But it was just that one they had fifteen seconds and no timeouts, and he got them like sixty yards, and it was just so weird. <laughs> but it was what what happened against the Eagles? He was good against in that that game against the Bills, Week One. It's it's really odd. Um, that he can do that. But yeah, it reminds me of that Tim Tebow where he'd be the worst quarterback ever and then they'd somehow, you know, be down six points with a minute left and he'd he'd march down and win. Um and then there was speculation that he'd get changed to tight end. If, if, if would Tebow have been like Taysom Hill if he'd been 
in a different system, do you think? Like, was he ahead of the time? Maybe. I mean, maybe if Sean Payton never had him. If Sean uh, Payton. Who's to say, See, right? The, 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 the rise of Taysom Hill, I, I still feel it had something to do with blackmail. Uh, he had some sort of dirt on the coaches, I still think, because he just out of nowhere was, you know, forcing his way on the field. Um, and I don't think Tebow would have done that. Like That's Taysom a very interesting conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> I Something was weird with, with Sean Payton's love for Taysom Hill. Um, but is there anything else? Darren Waller got hurt. Is there anything else in that game that's worth talking about? Good punting from some of the, from the Jets guy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not really. Like the, the point per punt league. So the 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 worst thing, right, is that Tyler Tyrod Taylor gets hurt early in the game. Like hurt, hurt. Like has to go to the hospital. Um, so he is is replaced by Tommy DeVito, who. <laughs> after after Tyrod Taylor's first quarter throws the ball seven times two for seven yep. for negative one yards in this game the best wide receiver the leading receiver on this New York Giants team was Darren Waller with one reception for four yards on two targets Let's move on. Like I, I, I don't want to talk about this game anymore. Really, look at the Vegas defenses this week on waivers because yes. they might be facing Tommy DeVito, which is a great name, but you don't get points for the name. Yes. Um, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Uh, was Pittsburgh again? It was nice to see Deontay Johnson back. Um, on the field, doing Deontay he, he Johnson return to yeah, fourteen for eighty-five yards. Like that. That's exactly what you want from Deontay Johnson. Um, that was the end of good things, though. Yes. for for Pittsburgh, we had talked. Oh, maybe Najee Harris is finally getting things going. Well, a seven carry for thirteen yard game is. He was the second yeah. leading receiver on that on that yeah uh, Steelers I, team though. So how does Pittsburgh have four wins? I, they, Mike, they aren't a four-win Mike team. Tomlin. That that's that's your answer. <laughs> he, yeah, he refuses to to not have a, a slightly winning season. Um, Trevor Lawrence had yeah, a fine game. Nothing nothing to write home about. Etn was really the main fantasy scorer in this offense. He's up to being the RB two on the season. I was a year early, so everyone listening right now, Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson next year are going to be crazy. And probably Jahan Dotson too. But ETN is really emerging as, as an elite running back. He's scored now one, two, three, four weeks in a row. He's utilized as a pass catcher. He's getting a lot of work on the ground, which I, I didn't expect, you know, 24 carries. But they head into the bye week and then get San Francisco, Tennessee, Houston. Is ETN a lock as a top five back rest of the season? He has to be. I mean, he basically is playing the the position, both positions that we thought Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby were going to play, except he's playing both of them. Like Travis Etienne is is everything you want out of a fantasy running back yeah. this season. Um, and I think he's a must start. Lock him into your lineups for the rest of the season. And Bigsby keeps messing up. Yet another lost fumble. I He's I know he's talented, of course, but he has made a lot of rookie mistakes in his limited role. So I, I don't fear that Bigsby takes a, a significant chunk even as we get farther into the season. Calvin Ridley had a nice game, 14 points. He's got to be one of the most frustrating players out there, but 
I think you got to just keep starting him unless you're absolutely loaded at wide receiver, but just know you will most likely be frustrated most weeks. Yeah. And then Christian Kirk finally fell back down to earth. He had been really since week one, pretty dominant as a a low end wide receiver, one high end wide receiver two. This game was just gross offensively. um, So I'm not worried about Kirk long-term. You know, who's at this point underrated in my opinion. He got so much hate early in his career, and now he's really solid. It's a tight end. Evan Butterham Evan, Ingram? Yes, he's been really... Um, since he came to Jacksonville, last season he was pretty solid down the stretch. This season he's the white, tight end five. I think you're happy with him. No, you have um, to be. He's getting, he's getting sure. so much volume. Yeah, he is, he's, he is Trevor Lawrence's favorite target, passing the ball. Um, and while he's not a big play waiting to happen, he's a consistent play waiting to happen. So yeah. you, you have to feel good about Evan Ingram as your tight end the rest of the season. How do you feel about George Pickens? He continues to just make highlight real plays, but with Deontay Johnson here, the volume, it's going down uh, two weeks in a row. Do you think against Tennessee, George Pickens is is someone you can trust or is it the Deontay Johnson volume show again. For me, it really, for me, it really is the, uh, it's the Deontay Johnson volume show. And this is what I kind of thought it would be, um, to, for the, for the season, like barring he gets hurt and he did unfortunately, but that, that is what I thought he could be. Um, and going forward, I think Deontay Johnson, especially if Kenny Pickett has to miss some times, went out of this game with a rib injury, like Mitch Trubisky is going to be looking to Deontay Johnson a lot. Mm-hmm. And it will be gross, but in PPR leagues, it's, I mean, how, here's my question. How long do you think Deontay Johnson is going to do this? Cause it's been four years of this. Do you think that he will be like an Adam Thielen and it, like seven years down the road? We're still saying if you need just a safe floor, Deontay Johnson's always. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe right. Like the problem with Deontay Johnson is that he he does really well. He he goes out of the game into the blue medical tent, and you get scared <laughs> out of your mind, and then he comes back and everything's fine. Like that is the weekly gamble you have to have <laughs> and mentally prepare for with Deontay Johnson. But like he he is the little PPR goblin, so like I, I'm I'm happy with him. All right, moving to Tennessee, Atlanta, a game that I'm sure you were very, very happy about. Were you at this one? I was at this game. Oh, yeah. And you you got a much better live Will Levis experience than I got from my two years of college. We never never got to see anything like that. But, wow. Will Levis looks like the real deal. We'll really see what he's made of on a short week at Pittsburgh, a really tough matchup for quarterbacks. Um, but this this gives life to the offense. I mean, Hopkins, 34 points. Derrick Henry, 16. Everyone bounced back, but you think that they still want to roll with Ryan Tannehill. If that's the case, what are you doing with Hopkins? Is this a sell-high performance? I mean, four, four receptions for 128-3 and three is... Not sustainable, but Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, tough matchups coming up. Is this the opportunity you've been waiting for to sell high, or do you think that this offense has some new life to it? I, I would cons- I, if if 
Will Levis is there. I would say DeAndre Hopkins is probably the play. If Tannehill comes back, sell DeAndre Hopkins because like as frustrating as it is, like they believe Ryan Tannehill is, is the more consistent quarterback um, that if they do find themselves competing, he can be that guy. Um, and also like, we have to remember that like this will levis could still just be lightning in a bottle we see that we saw mm-hmm. this with josh dobbs like when teams do not have a lot of film to prepare for for rookie quarterbacks and young quarterbacks we saw it with cj stroud yesterday right like they they do come back down to earth so like if you want to continue to ride this this deandre hopkins high i would i would do it um but i think there's also just the same value in, in selling him now to get some more known commodities. On the other side of things, Taylor Heineke came in for uh, a not injured Ritter. A bad uh, it, it was, Desmond Ritter. Yeah, it was, it was the old, uh, there was a play where they might have been injured, so they pulled them and then they didn't, want to play them again so they just kept them out as a precaution the the old uh, Deshaun Watson trick mm. um do you think that Heineke is going to see the start do you think that this is okay we Ritter is cleared but we won't we want to get him a hundred percent Minnesota Arizona these are good matchups for everyone on Atlanta if Ritter isn't playing I mean Heineke was a lot better Heineke He's Especially for pass catchers like better. Drake London, like he Taylor Heineke helps him. I think Bijan Robinson also maybe is helped by this. Like they got the run game going against a pretty yeah. good Titans defense. He finally scores his first rushing touchdown of his career. So props to him there. Um, but yeah, if Taylor Heineke is is the guy going forward, I think Drake London and Bijan Robinson are most both must start guys. Yeah, what a shock! You give you give Bijan the ball in the red zone, and good things happen. <laughs> um, glad it took us eight weeks to really figure that out. After we saw it week one, um, but eleven carries still, you're still disappointed with the utilization. Eleven for sixty-two and a touchdown, and then you see eight carries for thirty-one yards from Tyler Algier. It just such a thorn in the side that's not going away. But you just you do believe that in some better matchups. Bijan will have some some explosive weeks. I'm still trying to trade for him. I believe in the talent. I believe that this is a team that wants to be in the playoffs, and they have to at some point make a realization that if they want to be a winning team in the playoffs, they have to feature Bijan in the offense. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I don't know why Arthur Smith is the way he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I yeah. Um. Now you you you're still saying that Spears is not going to be the one because Henry is not getting traded, right? Yes. Especially after this week. I, I I would I would feel pretty confident in saying that Derrick Henry is not getting traded. Yes. All right. Philadelphia Washington, a few games left. Sam Howell blows up the week that everyone everyone streamed him last week, I think, and then this week only starting eighteen percent leagues. Of course, Sam Howell explodes. He's he's good against Philadelphia. He's really nice against Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts did Jalen Hurts things. The running backs were a little disappointing, I think. Do you want to talk a little bit about the the utilization there? 
between some of the splits? Well, yeah, I think that it's really frustrating that Kenneth Gainwell is getting red zone touches over DeAndre <laughs> Swift. We can start there. Like, it, I mean, you do you <laughs> up there in Philadelphia, but like that is a head scratcher there. Um, I didn't expect the the commanders running backs to really have a great day um going uh-huh. up against that uh, going up against that offense but brian robinson um salvages a day 9.9 fantasy points um the big one like i just said kenneth gainwell um <laughs> getting the red zone touches what, what are we doing <laughs> i if you if you have Swift and you didn't watch the game and you're a little disappointed with 14 points, don't be. You are yeah. you are so lucky. He was very close to scoring seven points. Um, they did a tush push at the end and a little fake end around Swift and he scored right there. You're very lucky he got 14. And he's a player that I'm I would I'd consider trading away. Really? Because I, I really would. Look, last week he had 10 points. This week, 14. Very close to being a single-digit point game. And this team, here's the thing. If they get to the one-yard line, it's going to be a Jalen Hurts touchdown on the ground, most likely. They seem, they really do seem to want to utilize Kenneth Gainwell. That was the plan before DeAndre Swift had the 200-yard game when, when Gainwell was hurt. And I think that the best games for Swift are behind him. Uh, with, with Gainwell getting involved as a pass catcher last game, he saw eight carries as well and the touchdown. And when you're splitting the goal line work between Hertz, Swift, and Gainwell, I don't have the confidence that Swift will continue being a top five running back. Is he a top 10, top 12 running back the rest of the season? Yes, definitely. But is he a top five running back where he is ranked right now? Personally, I don't think so. So if you can find someone who believes he is, I would make that trade happen. Yeah, I, I would say that the, the counterpoint is that this offense is usually just dominant, right? So um, the problem in this game is that the commanders always play the Eagles close for whatever reason. So this Eagles team is usually up on their opponents, right? And so if if you stick with him, you probably will get a few more games where they, they try to control the, the game on the ground. So you may have better days ahead with DeAndre Swift, but I totally see where maybe we are at the peak of DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trade him for the sake of trading him, but there's some running backs out there that might, you know, someone's a little frustrated with. I would just see what your league is valuing him as. Um, it's always nice to have a top 10 running back. I'm not saying get rid of that, but See if you can get some something a little more for him. Um, AJ Brown continues to just be absurd. He's making a case for being the best wide receiver in the league. Reminds me a lot of Calvin Johnson. Uh, so that one-handed touchdown was spectacular. Devontae Smith though finally got involved as well. So that was that was nice to see. Smith owners have been very frustrated this season. It's a little bit like Calvin Ridley. I, I feel like you you have to keep starting him because the upside is so high, but you're going to have so many weeks where you're just ripping your hair out. Yeah, and and kind of like I I, I tweeted this out I think 
last week, but I said, I'm ready to start a dialogue. Like, what is the difference between Tyler Lockett and Devontae Smith? And, like, that kind of rang true again. Like, both have their up weeks. But then, like, when they have their down weeks, you're not going to even, like, sniff, like, double-digit points. And it's frustrating. They're both boom-bust kind of wide receiver twos on their team. But if you play them and you get them on a good week, you reap the rewards. All right. Here's... My thing about Dotson, I want you to to help counsel me through this because I've had an emotional roller coaster okay. this season with Dotson. I see twenty four points. I go, okay, he's he he's here. We we know he's talented, but then I see it still. The targets were not consolidated. McLaurin had twelve. Crowder had seven. Dotson had ten. Logan Thomas had eight targets. Gibson had five targets. The targets are not being consolidated. This was just a case of Howell threw the ball 52 times. So if there are 52 pass attempts, the chances of Dotson having a good game, they go up a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say I would say that there probably is some some merit to trying to sell Jahan Dotson. I think the only silver lining could be that, like I said, Curtis Samuel misses some time, but... Terry McLaurin is yeah. the is the number one. Logan Thomas is kind of having a resurgence right now, so he's the number two. And then if if it can get around to him, Jahan Dotson is is a three that is that deep threat. When it works, it works well, but it it, it takes a it takes a while. But here's what I'm looking: Seattle Giants are, are the next two matchups. Do you think that those are game scripts where Sam Howell is just? lobbing the ball 50 plus times and and, and everyone gets a piece because i don't i i would say maybe yeah it, it'd be tough I, I would say more against seattle than it is the giants um and if he is able to do it against the giant or seattle like then i would sell Jahan dotson again because i, I just think that these <laughs> are, are probably the two the two times where sam howell is going to be throwing the ball um and, and past that, you kind of get back to this Brian Robinson um, short kind of passing game attack with the Washington Commanders. It's just frustrating because we know he's talented, so you don't want to sell. But I don't trust. I don't trust Washington. Yeah, I don't. Um, Cleveland, Seattle. This was this was a close game. It was. Uh, PJ Walker and Geno Smith both trying to lose the game, seemingly. Geno Smith has not looked good this year, I don't think. And that has really hurt the pass catchers. It, there isn't usually enough to go around for two or three of them to be really relevant. It's it's usually one or two that has, has a big game. This week, it was Lockett. Last week, it was Smith and Ajigba. Um, a few weeks ago, it was DK Metcalf. So what are you doing with some of these pass catchers? The consistency for Seattle's offense, it's been not what we'd hoped for. Yeah, it's not been very consistent. I think, like you saw with Tyler Lockett yesterday, he has a day, but DK Metcalf doesn't really have a day. Kenneth Walker only scores eight points against a really solid Cleveland run defense. But the big thing is Geno Smith just hasn't looked like Geno Smith of last year. Not to say he he hasn't, uh, he, he hasn't looked bad, but he's not like this top five fantasy quarterback, right? He he is that game manager that we kind of know him to be. So 
Um, it works for the Seattle offense, but for fantasy managers, it does not. Walk me through a little bit of the Cleveland backfield. Hunt, Strong, and Ford all involved in varying ways. What's the game plan moving forward? Who are you, if you could keep one of them, Hunt, Strong, or Ford, who are you rostering? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Um, I would say Ford, <laughs> probably like, I, okay. I think he's just, he was just hurt to start the game. Like, as you saw towards the end of the game, like they got him going. I expect him to come back next week a lot healthier and assume that RB one role on in a, in a back by committee. But I also don't want to count out like Kareem hunt has his role in this offense. But if I had to pick one, I think I'm going to take the younger guy in Jerome Ford. Okay. I, th- I think I'd go hunt and then Ford just cause they seem very committed to using hunt on the goal line. Um, in his three games, he has four touchdowns, and that that's what I would chase, but we are not chasing strong, either of us, I don't think. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I think unless both of them were to go down, there's really not like a, a role, I think, for him. Daily reminder to stash Zach Charbonnet. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Walker's yes. banged up. He's good. He's good. Um, Baltimore, Arizona. Gus Edwards went crazy. Nuclear, yes. Um, that was about it. Yeah, I mean Trey they, McBride too, I guess. Yeah, Trey McBride had had a had an impressive day with Zach, uh, with with Zach Ertz now done for the season. I think he could be a, an interesting waiver wire pickup if you need a, a if you want a more consistent uh tight end streaming option to Taysom Hill. But um, Trey McBride looked good. The rest of the it was a tough week for the Baltimore Ravens. They play a a, a sneaky, not good, but like a, a, a stingy, um, sneaky stingy Arizona Cardinals defense, um, and they sneak away with a win because Nelson Nelson Aguilar almost tries to uh, <laughs> fumble the game away at the end there. Um, but yeah, that's really all I have to say on that game. Yeah. Um... 14 targets for a tight end is is crazy, so I'm chasing that if I don't have a tight end. But his big touchdown should have been whistled dead. His forward progress was very much stopped, uh, but it, it's counted, so you're happy. Yes. <laughs> Kansas City and Denver. Uh, everyone on Kansas City was, was garbage. Yes. I was thinking yes. that it might be a Pacheco game because Mahomes is sick. Taylor Swift isn't there to cheer on Kelsey. It was more of a Pacheco game than a Mahomes game, but 
<laughs> six points. It was this was just a disaster game for Kansas City's offense. Everything fell apart. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, just was not. Not a great day going into Denver is very cold. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is sick, um, in that game. Um, so like, yeah, it was a tough game. I thought that was going to be a trap game, betted it as so. Um, and Denver is able to sneak out with a win. Nothing really to say on either side of it, except Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton both have, um, pretty good days by their standards, even though Russell Wilson does not, um, yeah, I, I would say that those two pass catchers had uh, their their standard flex days, and they can be treated as flex options going forward. But yeah, a, a down day for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the one player I do want to ask about because with running backs coming off the ACL, it's usually the middle of the the next season or the start of of two years. It, it takes a while for them to get back to where they were. Mm-hmm. We might be seeing Javante Williams reemerge. Yes. Uh 5.2, 5.4 yards of carry, 3.5 now is productive, but 27 carries involved as pass catcher as well. They head into the bye. How are you valuing Javante Williams after week nine? He comes out of the bye fresh. Is it going to be the Javante Williams show? I mean, McLaughlin and P. Ryan have have started to disappear in this offense. Do you think that this team, if they want to win, it's going to be Javante Williams as a workhorse? Because if that's the case, he's someone to trade for because he's still pretty pretty undervalued, I think. Yeah, I, I would say so. I think that he's a guy that I think is a big trade target this week because, um, like you said, that he can be a league winner once he gets fully healthy. Um, I, I thought he, he was... He was uh, pretty good this week, 18.8 fantasy points. Can't ask much more of him um, from this week. But yeah, I'm trying 27 carries this week, and I think that's only going to go up. I think that's gonna. I think he's going to stay that consistent the rest of the season, and we're going to see the Javante Williams that we've uh, that we've been waiting to see. Cincinnati, San Francisco. This 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 game was interesting because it was kind of what you would expect. Joe Burrow, really good. Joe Mixon had a really nice game. McCaffrey exploded. Jamar Chase was really good. Ayuk was solid, and Kittle was good. I mean, this was kind of if you were just predict stat lines. This is this is what you want for fantasy. Any takeaways from this one? Um, Except for Purdy shouldn't have been playing with a concussion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy did not look pretty good in this game, and that that. Uh, led to maybe your pass catchers not doing so well. I think George Kittle balled out as he always does versus Cincinnati for some reason. Uh, Chris McCaffrey has a good game. T. Higgins, I think, is the biggest note to say in this game, not because he was disappointing or anything. He had 11 points in this game, um, but he looked like T. Higgins again, and I think that's the biggest thing, and, and I'm pretty confident with him going forward. So is that a trade target? Because yes. if, if you watched and you saw yes. T. Higgins, okay. But on the box score, it doesn't jump off. So yes. if you need a wide receiver, you're targeting him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chicago versus the Chargers. On Chicago's side of the ball, is there... I have nothing to say. Yeah, it's I bad. Mean, I mean, it's a backup quarterback. Uh, until until Justin Fields comes back, there's really nothing to say. <laughs> You know the uh, you know that meme that's like the, 
the daddy Trump, if you can hear us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my team right now, praying yeah. to Justin Fields to please come back. Yep. We need another quarterback who, who who can be started. Herbert, 24 points again. He's he's really, really good. Um, and that was a great matchup. I temper expectations a bit heading into New York. The Jets, they have been a really good defense. Eckler, though, really nice to see him back on track after a dud performance. Um, the pass catchers, pretty uh good game from Quinton Johnston. Are you buying in? Um, five for six and fifty yards. Yeah, if 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 Joshua Palmer is down for extended time, I I think that yeah. Quinton Johnston does have a role. Um, I still have my doubts at, with him as just a, a player in general. Oh yeah, um, he's not good. <laughs> I, not he was not my favorite guy coming out in the NFL draft, but he might be good by necessity in, in this in this uh, in this um, Chargers offense. I've never seen such a big wide receiver look so small. He, <laughs> he gets pushed around. It's it's very odd. But we talked the path to success for him was once all the other wide receivers get injured. Mm-hmm. He'll be great, and yep. we might be getting to that point. It happens pretty frequently for the Chargers. Yep. Well, do you have any final remarks, any takeaways, any players that you want to tell everyone that they should trade for? Nothing besides uh, spend all your fab on Will Levis this week. I, <laughs> like, I think he's going to lead this Tennessee Titans team to six Super Bowls, um, and he is the next Tom Brady. Yeah, I... Uh... I think it's pretty safe to say that he's the best quarterback ever. I, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Will Levis. I watched you at UK. I wasn't familiar that, uh, with your game. Sadly, <laughs> I will say it's embarrassing how bad Kentucky was with Will Levis. If this is what he is, that's yeah. Doesn't I look mean, good for us. We could do a whole podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats football team. Uh, but we can save that for another day. I, I will I will say one thing. We lose to Tennessee this week at home. Then our quarterback that we lost to Tennessee with, he goes and plays for a Tennessee team and just dominates. That something about that seems wrong. Yeah. I just I mean I'm sorry everyone. It's, it's just something's wrong you, with you that. Take, you take you take it where you can get it, right? You take what you can get. <laughs> we can't get many wins. Um yes. <laughs> Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. We'll be back later this week with some starts and sits, some Thursday night preview. And we hope that you survive week eight, or if you need a Monday night miracle, we hope that miracle comes true. We're we're counting on you, Jameer Gibbs. Please, please pull through. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time.